Welcome to We Are The Daring Podcast, episode three. This one's called From Chaos to Co-Parenting. This is the podcast for the mummers, the lovers, the mumpreneurs, and you. Whoever you are out there listening to this, this is your calling to be more daring. So sit down, listen, take it in, and relish in this moment just for you. Hello, 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 beautiful mamas. It is a rather gloomy, to be honest, Friday afternoon here on the Gold Coast. And I want to start off the Chaos to Co-Parenting podcast with a full disclosure that I got your feedback. Now, many of you have loved the podcast, but some of you have said, it feels like my personality is not coming through on the podcast and that you can hear that I'm reading from a script. I kind of wanted to go back and listen and try my best to be from the ears of a listener. And I kind of agreed with you. It did sound a little bit too scripted. So I'm not reading off a script here today, except for when I'm going to be doing the email interview with Margaret Miller, who is a partner at Bell Legal Group here on the Gold Coast. I thought it was really important to speak to someone that is actually a professional when it comes to family law. So I wanted to get her on the podcast to kind of talk over some of the questions that I asked you guys to send in, uh, send in to me, sorry, about basically what you were concerned about when it comes to family law. Now, I wanted to kick this off with something really important, which is my own co-parenting journey. Um, Now, full disclosure, we are now co-parenting really well, but it has taken us about two and a half years to get to this point. Um, We've definitely been through our ups and downs and I wanted to note something that isn't actually quite funny, but I don't know why I'm laughing. I think I'm a bit nervous in sharing all of this with you. Um, We actually got deemed unsuccessful to mediate, which at the time, look, I went through mediation. It was a nightmare. I felt really anxious. I felt like I wasn't being heard. I felt totally let down by the system. And sitting in that room, arguing with my co-parent, I really felt like a failure as a mother. I felt like a failure as a co-parent. I just didn't know how I was going to get through that phase and how we were going to agree. It was really overwhelming for me. And to be honest, the people that mediated us in my own experience, I found them to be really kind of biased. I felt like they weren't listening to what I was saying. I was just there to obviously try and get some sort of understanding in regards to Eva's visitation. They just wanted to bring up the blog and they just wanted to drag up all of the blog and constantly talk about how they felt I shouldn't be sharing it on the blog and that it was really unfair, um, which I obviously didn't want to talk about. Look, obviously this blog has really impacted my co-parenting, um, you know, which is obviously going to happen, but it has really affected it at, at times in a really negative way. And I've really had to fight to continue to share my points of view. Now, the reason why I've fought to do that isn't to upset anyone or hurt anyone's feelings. It's because I know that you guys are going to take away from my experience, that you're going to learn from it. Now, if I had have had someone when I had just been left pregnant that was sharing what I needed to hear and that I had that power of resonating with another person going through it, I wouldn't have got to a point in my life that was so dark that I couldn't see a way out. So, that is why, that is my why, that is why I'm here. Um, and that is why I have fought to be here and I have fought to continue sharing everything with you guys. So, um, look, we're now in a good place. So one thing I want to touch base on before we jump in is mediation. So I'm going to get a little bit deep with you now for a second. Um, I believe that this is vital 
in having successful mediation or co-parenting or whatever it is that you're trying to achieve so that you can co-parent better with your child and with your uh, ex-partner. So something that I really want to touch base on is so many of us go into co-parenting with a lot of hurt. It's because a relationship's broken down. It might be that you amicably split and you're able to be friends. Now, if you're one of those really lucky, blessed people that do have that kind of relationship, that is where we all aim to be at the end of the day. We all want to have that relationship where our children feel like they have that strong bond of parents behind them. I know for me, that's what I'm really striving for. And for others like me also, it has really been an uphill battle. It's really been something that has left me feeling defeated. Um, Now, something that I have taken away from my readings and from the research that I've done on my own is that looking at Eva's father as a ex-partner and giving him that term, oh, my ex-partner this or my ex-partner that, it really took me back to that mindset and it really held it really was holding on to resentment, calling him my ex-partner constantly. Um, so I now have let go of that term completely. I now do not view him as an ex-partner whatsoever. I try and not think back to that point. I just let it go. Any thoughts that come up with that, I just consciously make a decision to let it go. Now, how have I done that? I talked about that in the previous episode called The Rise. Um, which if you're still struggling with that whole letting go, there's some really good points of view in that in that podcast for you. Now, for me, letting go of looking at him as an ex-partner changed my mindset, it changed my view, it changed my attitude towards everything. And I kept saying to him the same, you need to stop viewing me as an ex-partner. I'm just the mother of your child now. You're just the father of my child now. We're just co-parents. Um, so changing your point of view is vital in this whole mediation and co-parenting successfully. It is absolutely vital. Um, That's just my opinion on it. I just feel like once you let go of ex-partner, the term, everything that went along with that, the whole, oh, we argued this one time and you said this, or you promised me this, or you cheated, or you did this, the second that you get rid of ex-partner, it really helps you to differentiate because they're not your ex-partner anymore. They are the father of your children or they're the mother of your children they're not your ex-partner. And that's what you need to look at. And that's what you need to harness is the relationship with their father or their mother. Um, If there is some men listening, I know some of you do tune in from time to time. Um, So I just really wanted to make it clear that letting go of that is vital for your children. Like it's vital for me in my own situation. And look, I'm not perfect. It does come up from time to time. That resentment and anger can sometimes bubble up. I get triggered by certain words or certain things that he says or does, and I can feel it bubbling up. And I now focus consciously on just letting it go because it's not about me anymore. It's about his relationship with my daughter and that is it. So I do my absolute best and I feel like that's why we've gotten to a point where it is now smooth sailing. We now get along. I consult him on all decisions. Recently, Eva wants to get her ears pierced like her little cousin has got. And I just knew because obviously it's someone that I have dated previously. I just knew what his viewpoint on that would be, which was hell no. Um, Instead of just going out and getting her ears pierced, which I know a lot of women would do, Um, I rang him and said, look, Hey, she wants to get her ears pierced. She's really kind of mentioned it quite a few times now. So I thought it was important to bring it up with you. What's your standpoint on it? Which I knew what his answer was going to be. And he was like, no, not till she's around five. She's too young. 
I was like, yep, cool. I'll honor that. Just wanted to kind of touch base on, on that with you. So it's about making people feel valid as a father. Like I know that you might be like, oh, he doesn't deserve that. He doesn't deserve this. Or he hurt me this one time. He said this, he cheated, he did this. Um, I understand that quite often our brains want to revert back to that because we're still kind of processing it. I think when a relationship's ended, you, you still kind of go back and you're processing that regularly. So I think quite often we revert back and we get in that state of anger and resentment, but it's not beneficial to our children. I think that with me, I've really had to become super conscious on where's that emotion bubbling up from and is it for the greater good of the relationship that my daughter really needs to have with her father. So please note that down. That's a huge one that I want to make before we jump in. Now, mediation, let's get started on that. Mediation is something that for me, it didn't work. Look, I, th- I felt really let down by the system. I didn't like it. Um, I felt like I was putting my life in the hands of people that A, didn't know my situation. They'd read it along with probably 20 other people's series that day. They really didn't care. I felt that they didn't honor where I was coming from. Um, for me, it wasn't a great experience, but Other people have gone into mediation and they've thought, you know what, this is awesome. That really helped us. It got us to a stage of where we needed to be. So first point of view, if you are going to head into mediation is please do your research. Go and head to relationships.org.au. Now it has specific areas. So NT, Queensland, New South, you know, all the little states there. It's got specific areas. Obviously there's different laws for different states. It does differentiate between the different states. It's super important that you go and find out what is right for you. I know that a lot of people in America do follow me. Please know that American law is totally different to Australian law. If you're somewhere else overseas, please do go and do your research. The internet is a valuable tool in these situations. So please go and do your research on wherever it is that you are living. Try and get your hands on as much free information as you can because going through court's expensive. It's time consuming. It's stressful. It's going to literally tear you apart. Like it is not a good time. It's really something that if you can avoid it, please do. But do, if you are in Australia, relationships.org.au. Now, family dispute resolution aims to help separating couples reach agreements that are in the best interest of their children. It also encourages separating couples to parent cooperatively. Now, parenting plans or agreements are used to assist in this process. I've read that from relationships.org.au. The parenting plan PDF is there. You can click it. It's a link. Um, You can click on it. It then takes you to an example of a parenting plan. Um, It's got advice. It's got PDFs. It's awesome. It's a really good um, point for you to go into. Click on, have a walk through it. A parenting plan is something that you're going to need if you're going into mediation, um, even if you're going into court, but it's something that you need. So I'm not going to go through this whole PDF, but basically it's important. Um, It will go through parenting style, living arrangements, finances, religion, education, healthcare, emotional well-being. Um, That I've read that from the little uh, PDF that I'm currently looking at. So this will go through what you need to have on there, how to do it. Um, You can put notes down. So when you walk into mediation, You don't want to go in with a he said, she said attitude, go in with the facts, go in with a parenting plan that is beneficial for your child. Now, I know it's hard. Go in and be fair. 
remember that it's not your ex-partner anymore. It is the mother or father of your child. And that's, that's a relationship that we need to harness, um, in my opinion. Now, heaps of you have DM'd me that are coming from relationships of abuse, drugs, um, alcoholism, so many different, I didn't look, I've never even seen a lot of what you guys have shared with me. It really kind of shocked me. That is an entirely different standpoint that I really don't even know how to comment on. Um, so in that instance, definitely going with the same points of view, but your notes and what you're expecting out of a parenting plan are going to be totally different to someone say like myself. Um, so in that instance, I would a hundred percent seek legal advice. I would a hundred percent be, trying to obviously keep the children safe, keep yourself safe. Um, in that instance, it's going to be an entirely different ball game than I've, than I've encountered myself. So I am going to try and talk to a professional in regards to what they think about that. But your situation, if you are dealing with someone who is a drug user or an alcohol abuser, or if they are violent, it's going to be entirely different to anything I've encountered. So I do not want to make too many comments on that. Um, but once again, there is notes on relationships.org.au that can help you with that. So I think that that is so important. Um, and I would be putting a lot of the safety aspects of dealing with those things in your parenting plan as well. Um, so that's something that I wanted to really touch base on. Now, what I'm going to do next, I'm going to leave you with that. But what I'm going to do next is I have got access to Margaret Miller. She is a partner at Bell Legal Group. And I basically put the call out to you guys. What would you want to ask a family lawyer? And you guys sent in the following questions. So I'm going to jump off now and I'll jump back on in a quick second with all of the questions and the answers that Margaret has given me. I wasn't able to get her on the phone, but she did email me back with some amazing points that I think you guys should note down if you're in a situation where it is going to turn legal or you're thinking that you might need some legal advice please get a pen and paper if you're at home. If you're driving, make a little mental note to come back later and take some notes, but I'm going to jump off and then I'll jump back in in a moment. Okay, so I'm back. Now I have the question and answers with Margaret Miller from Bell Legal, but before we jump into this, I want to do a huge shout out to Bell Legal Group on the Gold Coast here uh, for allowing Margaret to take the time out of her really busy day to speak to me and to really answer these questions that you guys have sent in, to be honest. So I asked you all the other day, um, what would you like to ask a family law specialist? And these are the questions that you sent in. So there are some really amazing questions that Margaret has done her absolute best to um, answer without knowing each specific case. So I will jump right in now. So question number one was in regards to 50-50 custody arrangements, what goes into the court deeming it 50-50? Obviously, each case is entirely different, but are there certain factors that lead to the court honouring a 50-50 custody agreement? Margaret answered, when considering parenting arrangements, the court will consider whether shared care is appropriate and, if not, whether significant and substantial time is appropriate. Usually with 50-50 care, the children are not too young and the parents have a good co-parenting relationship, which enables them to move the children between two households without too much confusion or upset for them. The court will look at whether a 50-50 arrangement gives a child enough stability, and if not, the court will look at alternatives. Generally, 50-50 arrangements will work better with older children. Question number two, 
Is it worth keeping a diary of all missed days, nights or incidents? Will the court accept that and what is best to be documented and written down and does it require evidence to back it up like screenshots, etc.? Margaret answered, if there is going to be an ongoing dispute, it is wise to keep a diary and note important events. If there are discussions, I recommend writing down what was said and indirect speech as if you have to go to court, the diary notes are invaluable when preparing affidavits of evidence. I want to note down here and just let you all know, this is something that I still do to this day, um, despite having a really good co-parenting arrangement. I just feel like that would be best for the both of us to have that. If there is anything arising, I can then say, look, on this date, we discussed this or we arranged this and he is probably doing the same. So I think it is better, even if you are in a really great um, you know, mindset and you're in a really great co-parenting relationship, always have that backed up just because when dealing with someone that you've previously had a relationship breakdown with, your communication's broken, it doesn't mean that it's always going to be smooth sailing. So always cover your bum, make sure that you have, um, you know, everything written down. It's not for evidence. It's more so that you can communicate more clearly that way because you can go back and say, well, on this date, you know, we said this and we agreed this and you're not upholding it or I'd like to change it based on this reason. So there's a, more, a lot more rhyme and reason to having it actually written down in my opinion anyway. So the next question, question number three, is it possible to get a court order to go to co-parenting classes even if one parent is not willing? Margaret answers, where there are disputes between the parents, the court will often order that each parent attends a course, like, for example, the Triple P parenting course. I wanted to quickly jump in the middle of Margaret's answer here and say, I am going to go and Google that and get more information. And if you would like to do the same, please do the Triple P parenting course. Do note that down. Margaret continued to answer, a party can ask for the order, but it is up to the court whether an order will be made. And if an order is made, it will usually be for both parents to attend a course. But of course, they don't have to go together. Question number four. If the children do not want to go to their father's on his legal day or night and are becoming anxious and really upset by it, what is the best way to navigate it? And what are the mothers or fathers legally obliged to do? Margaret answers, there is extensive case law that requires both parents to take all necessary steps to facilitate the contact. If a child refuses to go, a parent should tell them to go. If there is a re reasonable excuse to not go, such as domestic violence, drug use or similar at the other parent's home, then a parent can apply to the court to vary the parenting orders. If there is an order, a parent should comply with it. If there are emotional issues, ideally the parents should discuss them together and seek child-inclusive counselling to resolve the problem. Really interesting response there. I really did not expect that, to be honest. Uh, question number five. What generally happens when they don't comply with the court orders that are set in place? Margaret answers, The courts are taking a more robust approach to failure by a parent to comply with court orders. If an order is breached, the affected parent needs to apply for a contravention order, which is a quasi-criminal matter. And if the breach is proven, the delinquent parent can be given a good behaviour bond, fined, be given time in custody, or the court can even change where the child or children may live. The affected parent can also seek their legal cost of the application to be paid by the other parent and for make-up time to be lost. Question number six. How do you get sole parent responsibility and what is the legal process? 
Margaret answers, sole parent responsibility is usually only granted where there is domestic violence, drug use, or similar serious conduct that suggests one parent should have sole custody. The application can be made in parenting proceedings. Question number seven, what is a normal amount of time for a two-year-old to be spending with the other parent? Margaret answers, look, each situation depends on its own circumstances. It depends on the parenting skills of the parents, who has the primary care of the child, and the developmental age of the child. Question number eight. Can a grandparent get parental rights if there was a court order in place and one parent dies? If a grandparent is denied time with a grandchild, they are a party that can apply to the court for orders to spend time with and communicate with the grandchild. I have made successful applications in circumstances where a daughter-in-law or son-in-law has refused to allow the grandparents to see the grandchild. The Family Law Act states that a child has a right to have and maintain a relationship with its parents and others, such as extended family, including grandparents. Question number nine. What if a child under 12 refuses to talk to or visit her father? What am I legally obligated to do? Margaret answers, I would recommend discussing the problem with the other parent to see if you can work out the reason. You can also, with the cooperation of the other parent, arrange for a child-inclusive counselling to try to resolve the problem. In the absence of a reasonable excuse, it is not a good idea to let a child under 12 dictate family law matters. That is the parent's job. Question number nine, what is the age that the courts recommend overnight stays? Margaret answers, each case depends on its own circumstances. It depends on the developmental age of the child and the parenting skills of the parents. The courts have made orders for babies and older children to spend overnight time in different circumstances. Question number 10, if they pay no child support, do they typically have any rights or less rights? Margaret answers, payment or non-payment of child support has no bearing on parental rights. The courts would not approve of a parent being denied time with a child if they do not pay child support. Child support is regulated by the child support agency, not the court. So if a parent does not pay, a parent can ask the child support agency, CSA, to collect it. The CSA can garnish wages, take tax refunds, and even stop a parent from taking overseas holidays if they owe child support. Since the CSA has overseen child support, the rate of child support paid has increased to more than 70% of parents paying regular child support. Question number 11. Do you recommend getting orders in place for those who don't have them already for when it comes to overseas travel? Margaret answers, if the parents have a good relationship, they may not even need parenting orders. Where there are concerns that a parent will not co cooperate in parenting a child or children, a parenting plan or court orders are advisable. Bear in mind that there are countries that are not party to the Vienna Convention with the effect that if a parent absconds to them with a child or children, the remaining parent may never ever see them again. In this case, court orders may not help, so the child or children possibly should not be allowed to travel overseas without adequate safeguards in place. It is best to talk to a lawyer if you are unsure about this. So I want to say thank you so much to Margaret from Bell Legal for taking time out of her busy day. And I also want to note down that if you should wish to talk to Margaret from Bell Legal further on any of the questions or answers that have happened here, please do give her a call on 0755 Now, 
I wanted to make a few couple of notes on co-parenting within my own experience because co-parenting to me is by far the hardest relationship that I have ever tried to walk through because obviously when a relationship breaks down, it's happened for a reason. There's either someone's been dishonest or someone has broken trust or the communication is completely torn apart or you just don't like each other anymore, or you've just grown apart. Whatever it is, there is some sort of disharmony behind that is the root of the cause. So it's never going to be smooth sailing. It's always a seesaw. You never feel like it's smooth sailing and like you've got it completely under control. And for me, I literally felt like Alice falling down a rabbit hole. Like I literally did not know which way was up. I was stressed. I was anxious. It really was affecting me. So one of the things that I have found to be the most important thing in moving forward to from chaos to co-parenting has really been having crucial conversations with him, making sure that he feels valued as a father and as a co-parent, that his opinion matters. Um, now, look, that was a hard point for me to get to, but I really had to sit down quietly with myself and ask myself, what is best forever? How am I going to make him feel like this is a safe place? How am I going to make him feel like he's important and that, you know, I am here to harness his relationship with his daughter and I do have his best interests at heart. What am I going to do? Like it was something that I really struggled with. I was completely lost. Obviously there were other things at play that really made me feel uncomfortable and stressed. So I think with that, um, It was having a couple of values that I really noted down and said, look, this is really important to me. He said what was really important to him. We finally started to overcome a few hurdles. So these are a couple of crucial conversations that I want you to also note down if you are going through co-parenting that may be able to help you. So get a pen and paper if you're sitting down now. If you're driving in the car, make a mental note to come back and note these down because you yourself are going to need the answers to these value values and questions and the conversations to have but you're also going to need to ask hey look what's your values what rules are important to you so let's get started on the rest of the list what bedtime is important what bedtime routine well is there going is there going to be some technology limits um what sports are important to you for the older children, when is dating going to be allowed and what are the rules for sleepover what about makeup when is that going to be allowed When will chores be required? What form of discipline are we going to use? So obviously at different ages, the levels of discipline is going to be completely different. So at the moment, obviously, I'm talking about how we overcome the terrible two toddler tantrum stage. Uh, When she's 16, it's going to be a totally different um, set of rules, like obviously technology breaks or whatever it might be banning her from, you know, doing something. So obviously I want to be able to stand united with him on the big things that matter. Um, When will they get an allowance or some pocket money and how much is it going to be? Um, What doctors will be chosen and who's going to go to doctor's appointments? What do we do in the event of an emergency? Will you attend parent-teacher conferences together or separate? Will birthday parties be together or separate? So I wanted to let you know what we do in our own co-parenting here. Um, Eva goes to her father's every second weekend um, at the moment. I'm hoping that it does get a little bit more than that in the future because I can see that even though it kills me that she's going to be away from me, it is so vital for her to have that really strong bond with him just like she has with me. So 
even though it's going to hurt me to be away from her. And it's also, obviously, I love having time away from her. I do want to note that down. Um, I know that it's important for me to be the best version of a mum that I can be. But I think for her, she, I can see that she needs more than every second weekend. I can see that she needs that to, to you know, form that extra bond. So in our own house, we do every second weekend. I phone him regularly. I'll send him photos regularly. Um, now, an example of a question that we had this morning, actually, um, Eva's been asking to get her ears pierced. And I knew that that would be something that he is not cool with. Um, part of me was like, I should just go and get it done anyway. But then the co-parent in me was like, he's not going to like that. So regardless of anything that's happened in the past or anything that's happening with child support or anything like that. Uh, I gave him a call this morning and I said, look, um, you know, she wants to get her ears pierced. What are your thoughts on that? He said what I knew he was going to say, which was, I'm not comfortable with that. Not until she's about five. I agreed. Okay, cool. We'll have the conversation again when she's a little bit older. Um, now for me, I didn't, part of me was like, oh, who cares? I'll just do what I like. The co-parent in me was like, you need to make the phone call. You have to honour him in this. It's going to be something that he feels strongly about. So you need to honour him and make the phone call, make him feel valued, make him feel like his opinion matters because it does. At the end of the day, if we're both happy, Eva's happy and that's where you have to come from in a place. So now will birthday parties be together or separate? So what we do now is um, we'll have one separately and then we'll get together to do some photos and a cake together. That's been something that we have actually done right from the start and we will hopefully continue to do in the future. Even if there's other partners involved in the future, I don't mind if the other partners are there in my own experience. Um, I just think it's so important to come together so that she feels like she's supported from the both of us. Um, doctor's appointments, emergency appointments, every doctor's appointment, no matter how small or big, I will call him and say, we're going to the doctors. Um, this is what's happened. Um, this is what they've advised. And I always say, what are your thoughts on it? Um, now it's important once again, that he feels valued, that he feels listened to and included. Um, and he'll say, blah, blah, blah. This is what I think. It's just important not for any relationship that we have, but for the co-parenting relationship for my daughter. Um, now, will you attend parent-teacher conferences? At the moment, we're at kindy age, so she goes to um, childcare, like I call it kindy. Um, and when they have the little special events, like the little Christmas shows and the little Easter parades, we attend together. Like, obviously not all the time, but it is so important for me that we do things like that together so that she has that strong bond so that she knows that we're backing her. We're both standing behind her. We're both here on the big things that matter and on the little things that when we're asked to come together as parents or one, you know, when they say parents are invited, that we both go and that we're in the same room. I'll get photos of him with Eva. He'll get photos of me with Eva and it's all peachy. We did it at Christmas. We got Santa photos together as a family. It's important for her. I know it is when she's older that she looks back, she sees these photos and we're standing there smiling with her because I wanted to always feel like we are a strong, supportive network that stand together, not together, obviously, but we stand together for her. Um, that is so crucial. I don't even, I haven't spoken to a psychologist about it or anything like that. But from my own point of view with my parents, when they did separate, that's why I've got a strong point of view on this, basically. I won't go into why, um, 
my parents really struggled to come together to be in the same room. It was really awkward. I kind of felt really torn. Um, I felt like I was being a traitor if I was having fun with one and I wasn't having fun with the other. Um, my, I really felt torn constantly. I don't want that for my daughter. I wanted to know that we both stand together behind her. Um, you know, I don't speak ill of her father in front of her. I never will. I hope that that's the same on his end. I'm sure it would be. Um, so that is the, the things that I have found for my own thing that have it's worked I mean it's worked it's proven to work we have come for a place where we were screaming at each other we were deemed unsuccessful to mediate I really didn't like him there was a huge disconnect we ended up in court obviously you guys know all about that if you've been following on for a long time we ended up in court um, the environment was toxic. I was stressed. He was stressed. It was really bad. Eva was picking up on the vibes and not sleeping like you guys know. So this is how we have gotten to a point where we can now have that strong bond and that really good situation forever. Um, that's obviously what we're here for. At the end of the day, every single person listening to this that is a parent, you just want the best for your children. You just want them to have the best experience with their parents and grow up to be a really strong whole person. For me, in my own experience, that comes from having strong parents behind them. You know, I wanted to feel love. I wanted to feel heard. I wanted to be able to be kids and I want to be able to be a child and that she doesn't have to deal with our adult stresses. I wanted to have the consistency between the schedules. I want her to know that her parents can get along for her no matter what. That is what is so important to me. Um, so anyway, I'm going to leave it there with this part of the podcast and I'm going to come back with a few more tips that I think are going to be important for you in your own situation because, look, I want to help you. I'm not a professional on the matter. I'm just someone who I've now gone from chaos to co-parenting. My life feels a lot more relaxed. I feel more chilled out. I'm able to um, go and obviously feel confident. Like I feel confident now. I feel like I can let go of the reins a little bit parenting wise when she's with her father. I don't feel like I have to be stressed and anxious. It's a really much more calmer place to be. And I just want to help other people get there to this place because I think it is so vital for each of us and for our children. And hopefully you can take away one thing that you might implement in your own life um, or, you know, even one thing that you think, oh, you know, like maybe I should do that, or maybe I should try this or, Hey, I can pass that on to this person that needs to hear that. Um, so I'm going to come back with a few more tips that I think are really important. So I'm going to leave today's episode from chaos to co-parenting with a couple of tips that I have found while I've been researching for this episode. So four practical tips for co-parenting, forgive, keep perspective on what's important, stay accountable and set boundaries. I also read this. If you parent with your ego, your parenting is about you. If you parent with your heart, your parenting is about your child. Be careful from where you are coming from. So they're two really important facts that I really wanted to note down with you before I leave this episode. Um, now, I understand that some of you out there, you are co-parenting with a toxic person, you're co-parenting with a narcissist, you might be co-parenting with someone who is out to get you, they are using the children as a pawn. Um, look, I understand that these really toxic situations can happen. Try and really get to a point where you can 
remove yourself from the situation. And what I always say to women that write to me in those types of situations, you don't have to be in that. You don't need to take that shit and wear it on your shoulders. Find out your legal rights, whether you're in Australia, America, like wherever you are in the world, where whichever state, just find out your rights. Do your research. Like in this one, knowledge, when it comes to this, knowledge is power. Like really arm yourself with knowing your rights, knowing what is right from wrong legally, like knowing what you what resources you can have access to for free. And if you need to, don't forget to arm yourself with a good lawyer. Like these are things that can obviously go incredibly pear-shaped. So I just think that um, when it comes to co-parenting, there are so many amazing, you know, resources out there for us. There are so many ways that we can go about this. Um, I've just found another one now while I'm scrolling, while I'm reading this to you six parenting rules for newly divorced parents, which isn't me, but it is most of you that are listening. I know there's quite a few of you out there. Number one, acknowledge. Acknowledge the other parents' rights and opinions. Number two, communicate. Let your child communicate with the other parent. Keep the lines of communication open. Number three, teamwork. Deciding on rules for technology usage, homework, curfews, but do this as a team. Number four, respect. Respect your ex's parenting style. Different doesn't necessarily mean wrong. Boundaries. You are not in charge of how your child feels about the other parents. So know your boundaries. Keep trying. Co-parenting is not easy. You're going to both make really big mistakes. Don't be afraid to try new ways to improve your co-parenting relationship. Now, I know it is a big road. It is a massive hill to walk up. Sometimes it can feel like you're fighting a losing battle. You're banging your head against the wall. Now for me, I've felt all those things. I'm right there with you in the co-parenting seesaw nightmare. I understand. So one thing that I really want to leave you guys with is that talk to other people. So many people are ashamed to mention, look, we failed. We've broken up. Um, you know, it's something our communication's completely broken. So many of you are ashamed and you don't want to talk about it. How do I know this? Because a lot of you DM me and say, I've not told anyone this, or you email me and say, I've never shared this with anyone before, but I felt the need to open up to you because I can see that you relate. People are going to relate to you. Once you open up the door of communication, people are going to flood in to help you. So don't deal with this all on your own. Um, now, the the things that I have used in my own journey have definitely been the relationships.org.au. I've gone to that to map out my parenting, um, my parenting plan, Pinterest. I have put co-parenting tips into Pinterest and I've gone through and read the articles that have come up. Um, I have gone through Google. I've gone through lawyers. I've gone through legal aid. You name it, I've done it. Why? Because at the end of the day, we all want the best for our children. I just wanted to get to a place where we're both happy. We're both, you know, coming together for our child. And I think that everyone out there listening to this, you're listening to this podcast for a reason. And it's because you want to better the situation that you're in. Maybe you're curious. Maybe you are thinking about leaving a relationship and you want to better that relationship. So, for all of you out there, please, I hope that you have taken something away from this that can help you. Um, and I really hope that you can just take away a little something. The power of resonation is, resonation, is that a word? 
to resonate with another, it is so powerful. So I hope that you know that you're not alone in this. Um, don't just sit on this. Don't just feel like you have to hide it. Share it. Share it out with people. If you want to do it on Instagram like I do, go for it. If just talking to one of your girlfriends that you thought wouldn't get you and being brave and going to her and saying, look, I'm struggling with this. Can I please have your opinion or please have your help? Just don't wear it all on your shoulders because it can be quite a heavy load. Like co-parenting is freaking hard work. Um, So before we jet off for the day, I really wanted to say a huge shout out to all of the women that follow this podcast that have come over to have a listen, that have given it a rating. It means so much when you give it a rating like be honest be truthful except for the one star people I already have told you where you can go but give it a rating like let me know if you love it let me know if it's brought something to your life like let me know um so it's international women's day here today it's a huge day for us it is plenty of love pouring out all over the gram um of people giving shout outs to the women that have helped them the women that that inspire them on the daily so i want to give a shout out to all of you you have really rose up to support me um no matter what like from the beginning you plenty of you see me you see me for who i am and i got asked the other day how do you deal with hate so well um, how do you deal with people that really hate on you like, and, and really throw shade at you? And I was a bit stumped by the question at first, but I really want to let you in on something is that I really know who I am at my core. It's taken me a long time to get to this point of really knowing who I am. The people that see you for who you are, it's because they are so confident in their own lives that they have that ability to see you for who you are because it's not threatening to them. They're confident, they're happy. The people that aren't confident and happy, they're always looking at you in a negative space because that's that's where they live. They live in a negative space. So that's basically how I deal with hate is I'm just like, you do you, boo. Like if you want to be one of the women who throws out hate and throws out shade, then that is, that's you. And that says a lot about your personality, but it ain't sticking to me. So I think the right women stick by you and they rise up and they stand with you when you really need someone to stand with you. And the wrong women that either send a message, I'm unfollowing because you said this or you did this over like one thing, let them go because your people will come. Um, So that's a little shout out for International Women's Day. I also wanted to give a shout out while I'm here to beautiful Kate. She has Instagram. It's not Kate's time. Um, She is also, I don't know if she's terminal anymore, actually. I don't think she is classified as terminal, but she's been battling terminal cancer. Um, And I'm going to have her on the podcast because I think that this is a story that as a woman that you need to hear, but even as a single mother, she's a single mother to her beautiful daughter, Annabelle. And she's also been fighting for, for her fucking life, like for real, for her life, um, which I sometimes feel like single motherhood is. But to have that on top of also um, everything else that we have to deal with on the daily, it's just so inspirational. And I'm going to get her on the podcast um, and take time away from her precious life, which at the moment is extremely precious to her. Um, so thank you so much to Kate, but we're going to have her on the podcast. The next episode will be a sit down with Kate. Um, I think that many of you are going to absolutely love it. I know that I have taken so much from reading about her story and seeing her just fucking kicking life's ass 
So stay tuned for that one. That is the next podcast to come hot off the ranks. Um, But I do thank you as usual for listening and thank you so much. I really appreciate everything that you guys do and it means so much. So share this episode, give it a rating if you dig it. If you know someone that is going through co-parenting, they're having a bit of a shit time, please share it with them. Um, But have a lovely weekend, guys, and I will chat to you all soon. As usual, darling, be daring.